welcome, or should I say welcome back. As always, even though we are under the Two Generations Gaming banner, this is one guy reading. Whether you meant to or not, you found Noob's Book Club. I'm Sean, noob of all trades from Two Generations Gaming, and in this little mini-series, I'm actually going to be doing something different than I have in the past. I'm going to be comparing, in this case not really comparing, I'll explain in a minute, a book and a movie, and I'm going to call it Movie Versus. I might do a couple of other episodes if I get the chance after I do the next Dragonlance book, Dragons of Fate, which comes out in a couple of weeks. And I've already pre-ordered it, so that's going to be the next book as discussed before I went off to Germany. Speaking of Germany, I'm obviously back. I kept the series going, kind of, by having those two little mini-episodes there where I swear at cars. And then I also showed you that I learned how to properly edit turning pages out of the podcast by taking a little pause there. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the prequel prologue book, whatever you want to call it, The Road to Neverwinter, which leads into the Dungeons & Dragons movie Honor Among Thieves. Uh, on the flight back, I saw a couple of people watching the movie, and it made me happier because I know that they didn't make quite the money that they wanted to from the movie, and that disappoints me because we'll probably never see a sequel, and this book most likely won't be made into a movie, and I really think it should. I will discuss that a couple of times in the episode as well. Now, without further ado, I'm going to talk about Movie versus The Road to Neverwinter. Introduction. I struggled with how to properly present this one. Funny that I started with it for the series, right? Well, since I don't need to necessarily watch the movie, since I'm not directly comparing, it allows me to read the book and take notes while on vacation. Also, I'm having way too much fun with the book right now, I need something light after wrestling with such deep issues through Ready Player One. A palate cleanser, if you will. So here we are. Next week I'll do Ready Player One movie versus. That'll be more of a comparison episode than this one. So, here we are. But, still, the question remains. How do I construct this episode properly? As I thought, I've come up with some ideas. First, I want to talk about the experience of reading the prequel book after the actual story in the movie. That actually gives me some ideas of topics to explore. Then, I think I want to take the story character by character. How I see the movie grows from the book, and how the book guides the movie. Okay, I think I've got something. Spoilers. Parenthetically, we're reading the ending first, and parenthetical. I know I sound like a broken record, but I care nothing about spoilers. In a conversation with me, you can spoil whatever movie, TV show, book that you want. You don't have to preface it with a spoiler alert. You don't have to feel guilty. Just talk excitedly about that thing. And I promise to do the same. Because honestly, if you care that much about spoilers and it affects you that much, well, there's more to unpack there. And now, a story. While reading the culminating battle in this book, I felt myself getting anxious about the outcome. Like, I hoped that Edgen wouldn't die at the hands of the Beholder. Here's the thing. I watched the movie that comes after this book, and I know that he lives through that entire movie. Like I always say, if you can't enjoy entertainment after having it spoiled, then perhaps it wasn't all that entertaining to begin with. I feel that way about every M. Night Shyamalan movie, other than The Sixth Sense. He writes terrible stories that only get people talking because of the, quote, massive twist, end quote, at the end of them. However, if you pay attention, he sets it up through the entire movie, 
and then it just ends up being an anticlimax at the end. Sorry. I just can't help but take a cheap shot at him and his awful movies. I thought part of the enjoyment of books, movies, and television came from our suspension of disbelief. You immerse yourself in the story, sympathize and empathize with the characters, and experience their highs and lows. So what if you already know the ending? Not to get too philosophical, but for me, it's more about the journey than the destination. Okay, I know how the story ends, but how do we get to that ending? For me, that's the exciting part. I mean, I thought everyone had read the ending of the book before the end. Sometimes I read it first, other times I wait until a few chapters in. Once in a while, I'll check to see if I figured out the twist. Parenthetically, usually I do, in parenthetical. But I almost always read the ending of a book before the end. I was going to say that's tougher to do with a movie or TV show, but that's the part of my brain that still resides in the before internet times. Because lately, what I do is Google the end to whatever I'm watching for the same reasons. Heck, recently... I knew that Kylo killed Solo, Cap lifted Mjolnir, and Tony Stark died in Endgame. I actively searched spoilers, and you know what? I still enjoyed all of those movies immensely. So, while I quote, knew, end quote, the ending of this book, I still liked reading the journey to get there. Additionally, having the knowledge of the characters from the movie gave me a different insight on them in the book. I pulled from the movie more than once to form my picture. Stephen King once said about movies that they lock that picture in your mind and argued that was a bad thing. While I respect the man for all he's done, I respectfully disagree. First, the only character that felt locked in was Chris Pine as Edgin, and I think that's only because he's on the cover. Second, not having to describe the characters in detail saves time. So, again, your mileage may vary, but I benefited greatly from watching the movie first. I've always enjoyed nonlinear storytelling. I sympathize with those who don't. My wife, though she likes them now, used to complain when stories followed a less linear path. All I'm saying in my usual roundabout way is that I see only positives in my decision to watch the movie before the book. So if you somehow missed the book until now, don't sweat it. You can still enjoy it, even after having seen the movie. Now for a discussion of the plot. All of that is well and good, but what about the plot, right? You may remember from my article that I liked the movie. More and more, now that it quote underperformed, end quote, I see people piling on the discussion of the flaws of the movie. Too niche, too geared to kids, not faithful enough to the source material, not enough established characters, too ambitious. Look, I understand that it's easy to kick them while they're down, and maybe the algorithm thinks I care too much about the opinions of randos online, parenthetically, I don't, or that I need to see the flaws of those I love in order to truly know how much I love them. Whatever the reason, I simply don't care. Why bring it up then? Well, I want to explain. Because it might sound like I'm joining the parade when I discuss the book, but I'm not. I still love the movie, and I want to watch it again in light of the book. Now, with all of that being said, I like the book better. I said to my wife as I read it, I think they should have made this the movie. Maybe they intended for it to be, but execs pushed back because honestly, this one is more niche than the movie. I do remember someone associated with the movie expressing the regret that the movie lacked a beholder. Maybe that's Hollywood speak for, quote, you guys screwed us over and made us write this whole new movie in a rush and maybe killed a franchise that had real potential, end quote. I don't know. I'm not fluent. So, why? Well, as already established, the book lays the groundwork for the characters and the party. 
For people who struggle with filling in the blanks, this book helps. I understand that there will always be background to explore. The game encourages you to develop a strong one for your character. But this book starts with the literal D&D standard, quote, you meet in a tavern, end quote, and builds from there. Second, I mentioned in my article that I felt let down by Forge as the, quote, big bad, end quote, in the movie. They redeemed themselves with the final fight. Parenthetical. Someone said that it felt forced, and I can see that point of view, but now isn't the time for that, and a long parenthetical. But D&D is about big, scary monsters, and you get a big, scary monster in the book. Plus, that twist! Unlike the aforementioned M. Night Shyamalan, parenthetical, I'll refrain from trashing his movies, parenthetical, this twist worked. Both unexpected, but completely obvious if you paid attention. It gives a satisfactory conclusion to the story. I hope one of the studios gives them a chance to realize this one as a movie. And now a discussion of the characters. The final idea that came to me was a quick discussion of each of the main characters. I refined that idea to talk about them from least liked to most liked. The only place that I had to think was between three and two. Otherwise, I stand by my rankings. Feel free to disagree. I foster disagreement and argument, especially of my own ideas. Finding out you're wrong means that you learn something. So if I ever say or write anything that you want to dispute, by all means, get in touch. But I will not argue. Respectful disagreement only. I number them in my rankings for some reason, but I'm not going to actually read the numbers. I think you can figure out the numbers. There's five characters. There you go. Simon. I hated Simon's character in the movie. I felt like they overdid the whole, quote, I'm such a failure. I will never live up to my legacy, end quote, angle too much. This book did little to improve my opinion of him. While I feel like the insecurities played out more naturally and less exaggerated, I still found his diatribes annoying. What I do like about his character is the legacy angle. While Elminster means little to those who don't play the game, it evokes recognition and maybe even awe from D&D nerds. The connection wasn't necessary, but it does add an element of pleasant surprise to the movie. At worst, it gives viewers that sense of, quote, I knew that, end quote, that I wrote about in my review. If you watch the movie after the book, you get far less of that in the book. So, I give him credit for that bit of joy that he brought me in the movie. Forge. I know they made Forge a villain in the movie. Therefore, you're supposed to hate him, but I really hated him. Part of it is my disdain for Hugh Grant. I liked him in Paddington, but that's about it. Most of it is that I wanted his heel turn to have an ulterior, altruistic motives. When they didn't, I just hated him more. Yes, both of those are my issues, and they already have one con man with a heart of gold Nedkin. Can't expect them all to change their spots, I guess. That being said, I liked Forge more in the book. You see the depth of his greed and possibility for corruption. However, his respect for Edgin, lust for the big score, and understanding that this group is special keeps him in line. Without those stabilizing forces, he went off the rails. Look, I told you, this is my opinion. If you disagree, feel free to reach out. Also, at least we still have Edgin as the rogue with a heart of gold. Speaking of Ed, Kira. Kira barely made an impression on me in the movie. You thought I set up Edgin with that last part, didn't you? Ha! That's what we in the biz called a bait-and-switch. Anyway, I knew they set her up as a character with, quote, more to offer, quote. But they never quite realized that potential in the movie. That all changed for me after reading the book. She played an integral role in helping to bring and keep the party together. Second, in spite of Edgin's protests, she proved herself to him. And finally, her mere presence helped Edgin's character development 
Watching his struggles as a father felt very familiar. If I wrote this list after the movie, I might have placed her lower. At the very least, I'd have pulled more distance between her and Holga. Yes, I honestly hate the other two that much. The book, however, went a long way to improving my opinion of her, and I even considered putting her second. Holga. Also, if I wrote this list after the movie, Holga was number one. That she, quote, dropped, unquote, to number two, owes more to the growth of number one than her decline. As someone who played D&D, we all either played as or played alongside a Holga, a barbarian cast out from their tribe and reluctant to tap into the bloodlust that makes them famous. More than nostalgia, parenthetically, that word keeps interfering when it never did before, and parenthetical, drew me to Holga, though. The story of her husband, complete with surprise appearance, parenthetically to me, by Bradley Cooper, made her a deeper and richer character. Instead of the old, quote, mothering instinct, end quote, trope, I understood why she shows such an interest in Kira. I mean, other than the, parenthetically, self-admitted and parenthetical lack of parenting skill by Edgen. Speaking of Edgen, Edgen. So, why the switch from Holga to Edgen? Well, first, why number two initially for him? I liked Edgen's character, but I felt that Chris Pine overdid it a bit with his portrayal. In fact, I recast him for the book. Humbly, I chose myself for the part. Cry on nepotism if you must, but I performed admirably. Seriously, though, I already mentioned that the book showed more of a struggle that Edgen faced as a parent. Like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, I related to that struggle. It made me sympathize more with him because of my own struggles that I faced as a parent. My opinion of Edgen grew enormously as a result of this book, and I'm glad that I A. bought it impulsively, and B. waited until after the movie, even though it is a prologue. And now for my conclusion. I already talked about how watching the movie first affected my enjoyment of the story, and vice versa. I discussed my opinions of the characters and how they changed over time. So, as I often do, I'm having trouble coming up with a succinct conclusion to the episode. I always struggle with ways to succinctly summarize my feelings. I either go too far in the succinct direction or don't properly summarize. So, let's see if I stick this landing. Both the book and the movie are independently entertaining. Together, they enhance one another and offer a more complete and coherent story. I watched the movie before the book and found the experience to be pleasant. If we read the book first, only or not at all, get in touch and let's talk. Same with the movie. Oh, and I stand by my idea that the book should be a movie. Please, someone, make it happen for us. As always, thanks for listening. You can find us, if you haven't already, at www.twoguysgaming.net. We have articles, a link to our socials, including our YouTube, which has been neglected while I was in Germany. I couldn't figure out a way to keep it going, even though I kept the website and the podcast going for the three weeks that we were gone. I'm going to work the rest of this week to get caught up with the daily RPG calendar that I've been doing. I came really close to outing myself on Facebook and trying to get more viewers, but I ended up just not responding when somebody asked what quote-unquote YouTube series I was talking about. Who knows? Maybe eventually I'll get to the point where I feel like I can share my work with others and actually try to grow a presence a little bit and get that community of gamers that I've been talking about for almost 10 years. Anyhow, uh, this week I'm doing comic reviews for June 2023. Next week I'm going to do Undertale. I think the week after that I'm going to do comic reviews. 
again because I'm getting caught up from the Germany trip there's comics and then a game and then comics again then in August I think I'm gonna do some stuff with D&D and I can't remember what else if you're listening to this at any point besides right around when it was released this isn't gonna make a whole lot of sense to you but that's okay you can go back and read the articles and check out the YouTube once you get around to it I will be back next Saturday with Ready Player One movie verses and then after that I will put together a schedule for Dragons of Fate once it comes in to get that one up and running for the third series of Noobs Book Club. I will talk to you next week. Bye guys. We are two guys gaming.